The following is a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. Get ready, Baltimore. It's time for some super slams and beatdowns. We've got the cheap shots and the clean finishes. Watch out for the chair. Oh, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> this is Top of the Road. Your Monday night wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, here's the enforcer. Baltimore's own, Kill Kuda Jr. Welcome to Top of the Road, ladies and gentlemen. You know, for the first time, I, I really listened to my intro. I wanted to pick up the crowd. And until the last moment, I feel like it was a very heel crowd. I, you know, and then the big move got hit and they all went nuts. I mean, so I'm curious, you know, what, what is that? What, what, is, what is the audio representation of that? I would think it's Jay White has been dominating for 20 minutes and then Okada hits a surprise rainmaker. I'm thinking that's what it was. Because that's, that's how I went. So I went for it. I'm just saying. When I was at MSG, that's how I went for it when Okada faced Jay White. I didn't want Jay White to win. Nobody really did, but that's okay. So speaking of New Japan, you're going to hear about that because today's show is officially titled Japanese Masters and Saudi Disasters. Now here's why. Now let me make this very clear as to what the show is going to be. Because remember, at 6.20 in our second segment, I'm going to open the phone lines so you guys call in, but I'll give you the phone number when we get closer. I'm going to talk about how New Japan Dominion was a pretty awesome show. And also, I'm going to talk about how WWE Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia was not a total bust of a show. Now, I'm not going to give it an A rating. I'm not even going to give it a B rating. But it was not a total bust of the show. Granted, the main event of said show was one of the worst things we have ever seen. And there's no getting around that. But overall, it was not a bust of a show. It wasn't. And I'll get into that as we go. But I'm going to start here with New Japan's Dominion. Well, John Moxley, who is going to be doing a lot more wrestling in Japan, apparently... He faced Shota Imuno, who was one of the top young lions in the business. By the way, let me just give you a little, little lesson here if you're not aware. In New Japan, what they call the new guys are young lions. And their system is they pair you up with a wrestler. And you live with that wrestler. You cook for that wrestler. You carry that wrestler's bags. You're that wrestler's assistant while he teaches you how to wrestle, while you train and get better. And then once you get to a certain level... They start putting you at the beginning of regular shows, mostly against other young lions. And you don't really get to do advanced maneuvers until you've proven yourself enough. You can always tell a young lion by just a dude in standard black tights with black boots and knee pads. And that's really it. And he's not doing anything too elaborate. So Imuno is one of the top young lions. And then once you get to a certain level... And they believe you're ready. You get a character for yourself. You can start to mold what you want to be. That's effectively their system. Well, this youngster faced off against John Moxley, who recently became the IWGP US champion, which I refer to as the Gaijin title. Because come on, that, that's what it is. It's the Gaijin title. It's the title for non-Japanese guys. Like let's let's be real. And Moxley pretty much destroyed him. Uh, Amuno didn't really go down easy, but he Moxley pretty much walked all over. And after he did, he grabbed his belt and a microphone and said, I have a message from Cincinnati, Ohio. John Moxley, I think he said, professional gentleman, uh, I'm sorry, professional violent gentleman and all around 600, as he put it. He wants in on the G1. So Moxley wants to be in the G1. Kota Ibushi apparently wants to be in the G1. Everybody big wants to be in the G1. It's going to be a fun G1 this year. By the way, that starts on July 6th. But yeah, Moxley beats up Imuno, says he wants to be in the G1. Then Shingo Tagagi faced off against Kojima. 
and Shingo got the win. Because Shingo and Will Ospreay was one of the coolest matches I've ever seen. Well, I'll say I've ever seen in the last 10 years. Here, let me re- let me, let's restart that. One of the better matches I've seen in the last 10 years. Definitely an A-plus match. Because Shingo is a different kind of talent. And Will Ospreay, I, I quote Ron Musto from, from Twitter, Ron Musto Jr., he is in the top three in the world right now. You really can't deny that at this point. Ospreay's in the top three in the world. I, I just, I can't. I can't fault that. He just, he just is. So I, we got to do our top, uh, our, our best stuff. Because keep checking turnbuckle topics, folks. Eventually, we're gonna have our big half year. I know year isn't a word, but it's what I thought of at the time. Anyway, then Jushin Thunder Liger, the legend. One of some say the biggest legend ever in professional wrestling, definitely in Japan. And uh, Turnbuckle Topics, Tony's favorite, Yoshihashi, <laughs> took on Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr., a couple Suzuki Goon cats. And Liger and Yoshihashi got the win. I mean, Liger's still good. I don't know how old the guy is, but he can still go. He's still awesome. He's not afraid to do a spot. Then Hiroshi Tanahashi teamed up with Taguchi and Juice Robinson to take on Jay White, Ishimori, and Chase Owens, basically three members of the Bullet Club, you know, stacked up against uh, three of the best, fa- three of the biggest faces in New Japan. And the faces got the win. Good for them. Solid all- overall match. Then we have a new never open weight champion. That is the Stone Pit Bull, Tomohiro Ishii. He took it from Tai Chi in his wonderful entrance where he sings his own song on his way to the ring as well as in the ring. And the question is always, will he get to finish his song before the match starts? And more often than not, it is no. But still. So Ishii is the new never open weight champion. He is probably one of the most perfect candidates to hold that title. Because I think the idea behind the never open weight is like it says, it's open weight. It's not a certain weight class. Because there are weight classes in New Japan. I don't know how rigidly they're controlled because Shingo Tagagi was in the Super Juniors tournament. I don't know how he's a, a junior heavyweight. The guy weighs like 240. I don't know how he's a junior heavyweight. But still, uh, he was in there. So Ishii is a new never open weight title. They had a very good match too. So, G.O.D., the Gorillas of Destiny. They retained their titles against two members of LIJ, that being Sonata and my current personal favorite from New Japan, Evil. Now, the Gorillas are one of the, if they're not the best tag team in the world right now, they're up there. They're up there. They're one of the best tag teams in the world. It might, it's either the Gorillas, maybe the Usos, the Young Bucks are still in that conversation to some degree. But I'm just saying. The street profits are pretty dang good right now. There's a lot of tag teams that that are up on that list. Even the New Day, to some extent, even though it's a three-man group. But the Gorillas of Destiny retain, and they said whoever wants to face them, they're up for it. They want the Usos. They want the Revival. If uh, If everyone's favorite chicken farmers from Delaware, the Briscoes want another shot, give them a shot. Then Will Ospreay defeated Dragon Lee to win the junior heavyweight title, which that was a good call. He won the best of Super Juniors tournament. He beat Shingo Tagagi in the finals, ending Shingo's perfect streak. I got to be honest. I'm cool with Osprey. Osprey's one of the best in the world right now. But Shingo is, I was hoping he won just because I wanted to see somebody go perfect. That's what I want. I just wanted to see somebody completely sweep the tournament. Just go 9-0 and in the round robin and then win the final. Just go a perfect 10 and then win the title at the next event. Because you realize if you win the Super Juniors, you get a shot at, at, at the championship, I believe. That's how that works. But yes, Dragon Lee dropped his title to Will Ospreay. So another good champion decision for New Japan, putting the junior heavyweight on Will Ospreay. He is... I would say he's climbing up the ladder fast, but that's incorrect. He's already near the top of it. I just I just personally don't think he works in the right company to get to the top of the ladder. 
I'm not saying the best guy in the world can't be in New Japan, but you're never going to get the recognition of best in the world if you work for New Japan. You just don't. Then the IWGP Intercontinental title was on the line. Tetsuya Naito took on Kota Ibushi again in another absolute A plus 10 out of 10, five star, however you want to put it, match. Except for one particular spot, which everyone has probably seen on Twitter. If you haven't, viewer discretion advised. Nasty landing. Let me break it down. Naito goes for a German suplex on the apron. Every part of Kota Ibushi's body missed the apron except his head. It was a rough-looking bump. Now, he got up, wrestled the rest of the match, seemed perfectly fine. He had a black eye, probably because of that spot. But it seems like he's all right. So let me get my opinion on this. A lot of pe- Some people said you got to stop doing spots like this. Some people said it was reckless. I disagree. This was a mistake. It was not meant to happen. Botches like this almost never happen in New Japan. They're very tedious about getting everything exactly right. They're, it's No, this was a one-off. Especially with two guys this good. This was a one-off. It was a mistake. It wasn't meant to happen that way. Don't freak out. As Here's how I like to put it. Don't go American on this. You know what that means? It happened to one person, so now no one can ever do it ever again. No. No, don't go American on this. They'll be fine. Okay? Coda knows what he signed up. All these guys know what they signed up for. It's a rough game. They realize it. And it was a mistake. There you go. Rant over. But Naito won to recapture the Intercontinental Championship. A little, little more hot potato than usual with the IC title in New Japan. I mean, it hasn't been bad. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's not bad decisions. Just a little, little more than usual. You know, Naito to Jericho, back to Naito to Ibushi, back to Naito. Little, and it's all been in about a year. That's, that's, that's interesting for them. And then there was the main event where... Chris Jericho takes on the IWGP heavyweight champion. I'm going to do the announcer voice for this. Kazuchika Okada! And Okada retained, which a lot of us probably saw coming because Jericho is under contract for another company called AEW. By the way, I'm going to usually say AEW. Just letting you know. So Okada and Jericho had another awesome main event match. Look, Dominion is worth your time. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I stayed up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch this thing, and it was worth it. So go ahead and watch it. But now we're all looking forward to the G1 Climax tournament, which starts in, on July 6th, and it starts in the United States. It starts at American Airlines Arena in Dallas, Texas. So remember, it starts over here. A lot of the tournament is going to take place over here. So I, I'm very curious about that. Also, I want to comment on something real quick. And don't take this as me giving you guys a hard time. But I feel like I got to say this. The Turnbuckle Topics Twitter page put up a, a free giveaway for a promo code to watch Dominion. Right? And that's, I mean, the show's over. So obviously that's done. But we asked, who was your favorite New Japan superstar? or star, or wrestler. And some of y'all said John Moxley. I, look, I got another, no problem with John Moxley, and he's done great. He won a title in his first match. He's had another match. He's looked great. He's been a nice shot in the arm to the company. They didn't really need it, but he's a nice shot in the arm to the company. John Moxley's been wrestling in New Japan for like two weeks, and y'all are going to say he's your favorite? Again, I'm not giving you a hard time. You can pick whoever you want. <laughs> but he hasn't really been there that long at all. I mean, I had to think about it because I've been looking for a new favorite since Omega left and went to AEW. And right, I would say Evil is my favorite right now. But uh, some of you all said Moxley. And I just, I, again, I have nothing against it. If Moxley's your favorite, Moxley's your favorite. That's okay. But, hey, he's only been there for a little while, okay? Now, now, granted, I, I'm sure there are guys in Cleveland who say Odell is their favorite Brown, you know? Um, and he, it's not that he hasn't had a career before New Japan. Don't, don't get me wrong on that. Don't let me think, uh, don't, don't think that 
I'm not taking that into account. That you guys are going, yeah, I loved him as Dean Ambrose, and now he's wrestling in AEW in New Japan. So I still, he's my favorite because I've liked him because of all of that. No, I'm, I'm not going to take away from that. I'm just saying, strictly in New Japan, he's only been there for a little while. So, anyway, New Japan Dominion overall, I give it a nine out of ten. Incredible show. Even the little tag matches at the beginning, incredible show. Great stuff, and they never cease to they, they they never cease to amaze. They always they always satisfy, and that's really underselling it. See, this is just I, I know I always go back to this conversation. I'm sorry, but I got to do it again. If you watch a New Japan pay per view, you will be happy with it. If you watch a Ring of Honor pay per view, you will be happy with it. If you watch, I can't say an AEW pay per view because there's only been one, but. They impress with their one. If you watch an impact pay-per-view, more than likely, you will be happy with it. If you watch an Evolve event or one of the WWN promotions, the World Wrestling Network, all those promotions, the one that Matt Riddle had the title for for a while before he signed an NXT. If you watch one of their big events, you will be satisfied. If you watch an NXT takeover, you will be satisfied. And most of the time, if you watch a WWE pay-per-view, you really won't walk out too upset, at least in my personal opinion. I don't. I'm not saying they all blow me away just because they're pay-per-views, but they do okay with their pay-per-views. They do all right with it. Just like, for example, the Saudi show, they did all right with it. It was not terrible. But like I said, I'm not going to rate it an 8 out of 10. No. But it's... It was not what everyone thought it was going to be. Because I have this theory, and I'm sticking to it. A lot of you have your minds made up before you turn the thing on. That's going to suck. But if you walk into something thinking, man, that's going to suck, and then you leave and you go, well, that sucked. Well, yeah. You primed yourself to think it's going to be bad, so it's going to be bad. Especially in terms of, warning, bad language approaching scripted entertainment or not because it's not all necessarily scripted because a lot of the other promotions beside WWE it's not really scripted but pre I'll use that term predetermined entertainment especially with that because you know it's a show you want to lose the essence of reality you want to when I go to Monday Night Raw's when I go to Smackdown's when I go to ROH when I go to Southern Maryland Wrestling or Crab Wrestling as they're called when I go to MCW, I want to lose reality. I do. I want to be watching it and think, nope, this is where I exist right now. Nope. There are no, there's nothing else. This is where I exist. You want to lose that reality. And I'm not saying it's because you guys don't let yourselves lose reality, but if you already set it up of, man, this is going to suck, it's not, I mean, good luck turning yourself around from that. Because what I think that natural thought is going to a real uh, I hate saying real sports because, I mean, watch the bump Kota Ibushi took, man. Like this, it's not fake. Like no matter what you want to say, like the guy came up with a busted eye and we all thought he broke his neck. Like it's not like the impact is real. But to 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 a non-predetermined sporting event, if you walk in thinking, you know, here, I can use this. I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan. If you go to Camden Yards, it's probably in the back of your head. This might not be great. We have the worst record in the league right now. This might not be great. And then if we win, you're shocked and you're amazed and you're appalled. It's it's fantastic. But if we don't, you're like, yep, that sucked. So, I mean, but the thing is, there is a chance you could be wrong and that's what you're looking for. With predetermined entertainment, it's a lot easier for you to pick it apart and go, well, didn't like that. Yep, figure they do that. Yep, nothing shocking there. It's a lot easier. You can't do that with other sports because you don't know what you you can't. There's no formula to what might happen in wrestling. There's a formula. You expect certain things. You know, WWE loves his 50 50 booking. People expect that. Okay, these guys are going to have three matches. That guy wins one. That guy wins one. And then we settle it. And people are tired of that. All right. Well, before I step away, I got to let you guys know about Pro-Am Belts who made Turnbuckle Topics our very own custom belt. Check out our Twitter timeline for that. We do have pictures of it. 
Ron, if you're listening, throw some up with a belt and run on the Pro-Am, man. Pro-Am is good people. They make great stuff. It, it was finished a lot more quickly than I thought it would be. And it wasn't any rush shipping or anything. So very timely manufacturing, good prices. It looks awesome. They do incredible work. And we got a promo code for you. TBT 15 off. If you use that promo code on their website, you get 15% off your very own custom belt. Get yourself a custom belt. We did. It was a very good. I have my own side plate on a belt. My show has its own side plate. You know how cool that is? You don't need your own side plate. You can get yourself your own whole belt, okay? And use that promo code TBT15 off for 15% off. When I come back, the phone lines are open. 410-481-1300. Call about anything. Call about Super Showdown. Call about Dominion. Call about Velveteen Dream calling out the main roster talent. Anything. 410-481-1300. Stick around. It's going to be fun. Moving north on 95, traffic is still heavy near White Marsh Boulevard because of an accident on the southbound side, shutting down the shoulder and traffic lane. Also crawling, moving towards D.C. on 95 from just inside the Beltway and down to 100 where a two-vehicle collision, shutting down the right shoulder. 895 is also packed, moving south at Eastern Avenue, so the inner loop above Baltimore from Park Heights Avenue to the JFX. With your traffic, I'm Nathan Scott on CBS Sports Radio 1300. You use Tearless Baby Shampoo because it's gentle on your baby's eyes. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You always test the bath water to make sure it's not too hot. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. You make sure she wears a helmet when she rides her bicycle. You put on his sunscreen, even when he's embarrassed his friends will see. You do so much to keep your child safe. But are you using the right car seat for your child? Is your child facing the right way in the car seat? Is the seat too big or too small? How do you know when it's time to move your child into the next type of seat? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. When you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives? 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics? Chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles, finding innovative ways to instill old lessons, and taking learning far beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's time to recognize that great things are happening in teaching and put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. Every Monday night from 6 to 7, it's the top of the rope wrestling show on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, once again, here's the enforcer, Gil Kuda Jr. Welcome back. As usual in our second segment, the phones are open. Give me a shout. 410-481-1300. Anything wrestling, man. You want to talk wrestling history. You want to talk wrestling's future. You want to talk what happened at Dominion. You want to talk what happened at Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. But here's what I'm going to talk about while I'm waiting for you guys to give a call. Velveteen Dream went on his Instagram and he posted how it is not the writing's fault that the main roster is a bad product. He posted how he believes it is the talent's fault. And he used Star Wars as an example. He said the new Star Wars movies are very well written, but the actors suck. That's why we think the movie sucks. Now, admittedly, there is some validity to his argument. In my personal opinion. I mean, all I can do is give you my personal opinion. I'm not going to give you your opinion. So here's my thought process on this. 
Is there a third area we need to add to this discussion? Argument, debate, whatever you want to call it. Because some people think the writing's terrible, and that's why it's bad. Some people think the talent isn't really as good as we think. It's just, it's such a stacked roster that we think it's that good. Is there a third part of it where the writing may or may not be great and the talent may or may not be what we think, but the talent isn't motivated? I mean, everybody's posting EC3 kind of doing his entrance halfway on main event. Now, some people think that means he's losing his passion for the business. I think he might be getting told to do that. (laughs) I'm not sure. It's hard to get stuff past Vince like that. So, but, you know, EC3 has been on main event trying to do his thing. He's been doing okay. Apparently, Cedric Alexander's winning a lot on main events as well. He's just not, hasn't made it to network TV yet. But that brings me up to this point in the argument of why is the main roster product just not as good as the rest of it? Some of your arguments, and I'm not going to say arguments, I'll just use statements. Some of your statements that I've seen you put up, I read wrestling Twitter all day, all that that stuff, helps me prep for this because I got to talk to y'all, is you say, well, look at, you know, Liv Morgan, look at Cedric Alexander, look at Buddy Murphy, look at this guy, look at this girl, look at that guy, look at this girl. Why aren't they being used? So my question to those statements is, is it that the product is that bad? Or is are, are you just upset that some of your favorites aren't getting TV time? It could be that. No, I'm not excusing the lack of initiative and effort in some cases when it comes to how WWE puts its product together. I'm not excusing them from that. There are moments where you watch segments like, oh, come on, man. Like It's, you know. But there are other times where you have to sit there and admit that because of the talent involved, the segment wasn't as bad as you thought. And then there's the flip side to that coin where it doesn't matter how good the talent is. This is so poorly written that it's going to be bad. Like when like I'll use what John Moxley said as Dean Ambrose, the whole, you know, inoculating from the public and all that stuff didn't matter who did that. It was going to look bad. It didn't matter who did that. The Rock would have a hard time selling that. It it didn't matter. But then another one, which is very recently, and this is my example, Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman last week on Raw, they they arm wrestled. They made that look like a million dollars. It was not a good idea. It wasn't. It was not a good segment. It did nothing for either of them, but they made it look like a million dollars. They sold it. The two refs sold it. They kind of got down and reset a couple times. Lashley requested chalk for grip's sake. And then they legitimately arm wrestled for a little while. They made it look good. Because I think Braun is a good talent. I think Bobby Lashley is a good talent. You talk about misused, okay? Bobby Lashley, to me, is on my top five misused guys. He has a huge bodybuilder's physique. He's an amazing athlete. He's won titles in his past. He can do almost anything you need him to. Now, he's never been a promo artist. Let's be real. Some guys just aren't promo artists. That's all. But he's never been a promo artist. I think he misses Leo Rush. Just a tad, I think. So, all right. Well, we do got somebody on the phone lines. Wes is back. Wes, what's happening, man? Hey, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. What do you got for me this week? Well, I think that uh, I got to agree it's partly – I think it's the writing. Okay. Because, I mean, you can't – like the Raw Tag Team Champions, you hardly ever see them. <laughs> yeah, and then if you read tonight's Raw preview, you find out like, they're they're defending them tonight in a in a three-way match. And it's so just, it's, yeah. it's the revival – Yes, yeah, uh, it's a revival. Hawkins the, the Hawkins the Rider and the Usos, and okay. that's I. You see, I, I'm glad you brought this up. I was going to bring this up anyway. I'll go back and forth with you on this. When the Usos jumped to Raw, yeah, it was such a dynamic shift in who was the best team on that show because they went from not really having one, unless of course the revival were used properly, Which to to clearly having one. Now they have one, so. I'm curious, because if they put the titles on the Usos this fast, 
it will help the division because the Usos on top will make everybody look better. But if they put them on them this fast, nobody's nobody's good enough to beat them. <laughs> you still have AOP. I don't know which show they're on. They're probably on main event. I I, I think so. I mean, they 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 showed up in uh, they were in Saudi Arabia for the fifty man. They were in the fifty man battle royal, right? And they faced off with the with the Viking Raider warrior guys, whatever their name this week. Right. Uh, oh, so <laughs> it would a good stable would be MVP with AOP, and then maybe throw in somebody else. Well, I, I you see, I, I see MVP and AOP, and then if he can settle with Elemental P, I don't know, <laughs> and then if he can settle with WWE. The best mouthpiece slash little guy would be Leo Rush. If you put, if you put Leo with that group, you just said I think you got potential there. Just reform the uh, the beatdown clan from TNA and and <laughs> yeah. and make it. And uh, one quick note: the uh, the Super Showdown. I mean that Undertaker matches. Oh oh, trust me. Bad. No, that's no. My, my last segment is focusing on that shit. Yeah. Don't worry, it, I will get to it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's crazy. And um. I just wait until the fall because all this craziness is going to probably go through the summer. But once the fall happens and uh, SmackDown goes to Fox, I think all this is going to stop. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think when the Fox deal kicks in and when the when the brand split is officially a hundred percent dead, uh, I, I think that because it looks like it's going to be dead because Fox wrote a half a million dollar deal. Right, and they're not going to sit there and go wait, and you're only giving us half of your guys. No, uh, that's no. So. Uh, when that happens, yeah, I think they're going to have to change how they do things. Um, I- I'm also kind of hoping that if that naturally shrinks the main roster because there's no brand split anymore, if that means we'll see some folks from NXT go back to NXT or folks that weren't there go down or got, well, guys which, go back to 205, things like that. Well, which show will the quote-unquote 24 European champion go be on? <laughs> and to me, honestly, I mean, it's it's a fun little you know stick and everything, but yeah. – all the guys chase them look kind of sad, like Bobby Roode and EC3 <laughs> and Cedric. Like, you got to have something better for these guys. Yeah. No, I, I think it'll come around. I think um, – because what I think they're doing is they're trying to see who they can give it to next for an extended period, and then whoever has that is the attitude and, the title will have. And, and when is the first woman going to just – like, come out and said wrote up our troop like, like 19 times by now. Do you, do, I think you, you, me, and everybody else have thought that like, so many like, times. Like, come on now. <laughs> just do it. Just go for it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I agree. All right, uh, Wes. Thanks for calling right. in, man. Thanks. Wes, two weeks in a row. He's on the verge of getting his own segment. Anyway. And that's not a bad thing. No, Wes, I, I, I like what Wes has to say. So, uh, yeah, if you want to jump in, 410-481-1300. We're open until 640. So... He uh, just a comment on what Wes said. Right now on the main roster, I always wonder what am I going to look forward to? What is my program going to look forward to? And I got to be honest, I'm kind of curious what they do with Lesnar. It doesn't mean I like him, but I'm curious what they do with him. He's a big attraction. He's a big deal. I'm curious what they do with him. Second, there will be an episode of the Firefly Funhouse. And I am always all about that, just like most of you are. Third, what are we doing with the 24-7 title? And then last, how are they going to work the women this show? How are they going to work the women in? Now, the wild card rule has undoubtedly, I tried as hard as I could to find a way to dispute this, and I just can't. You guys win. The wild, the wild card rule has absolutely destroyed the mid card. I cannot ignore that anymore. But the real division it's hit is the women. Because it's effectively the top women. And that's about it. Alexa Bliss got herself a number one contender spot, and she's going to face Bailey for the SmackDown Women's title at Stomping Grounds, their next pay-per-view. And a lot of people are not thrilled with that. I mean, I think it'll be okay. I don't have a problem with Alexa Bliss. I don't have a problem with Bailey. I definitely have a problem with Bailey. Bailey's always been one of my tops in WWE as far as the ladies and overall. Then you got Becky as the Raw Women's Champion. Charlotte is always going to be around gold at some point. And then you got Lacey Evans, who needs little promos are a little eh sometimes. I can't uh, can't fault that. Don't get me wrong. But wrestling-wise, she's got potential. It, more of it needs to come out. She's not on a Mandy Rose level where I feel like there is no hope. Okay? I'll be, look, 
if you listen to my show regularly, you'll know this about me. If you listen to my appearances I've made on other shows, if you see how I tweet, just I am never one to just look at a wrestler from any brand and go, you are just awful in the ring and you need to get out of it. I don't do that except for Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose is that bad. Her match against Asuka months ago, Asuka had to slow down so much just to make it look viable, and it didn't look viable. Now, Lacey, there's a little bit of a slowdown with Lacey. Charlotte can make her look like a million dollars. Becky will make her look like a million dollars. Bailey will make her look like a million dollars. Nikki Cross will. She's working with very good talent, and she's not so far behind that it totally kills her. But it is noticeable that it's there. It's noticeable. The, the lack of, it's noticeable she's a little bit behind, in my, in my personal opinion. She knows how to be a heel. I'll give her that. But it seems like she's a little bit behind. But that is the biggest, that's the biggest thing for me, is the women. The women is the biggest thing for me. The wild card rule has destroyed that division. Now, some people wonder when the brands, if, I, I, I keep saying when because I feel like it's a predetermined, but if the brand split dies when the Fox deal kicks in, people wonder about the women. Is there only going to be one women's title now? Is there only going to be one of every title now? That's going to be interesting. People wonder, will they abolish the United States title? Because you don't need two mid-card titles. Will they abolish one of the women's championships? Because you don't need two women's titles anymore. Will they abolish one of the world titles? Because you, you don't need two of them anymore. The 24-7 title's fine. Will they unify the tag team titles again? See, I think they're going to unify them all again. And does that take away opportunities? Of course, inevitably. But now there's only one thing to chase. So you do realize that primes people for bigger opportunities. You just have to be the star to get those opportunities. Like on tonight's Raw, Samoa Joe is supposed to be on Miz TV. I will take a Samoa Joe with Miz, with babyface Miz feud. You know why? Because what has Joe's theme been? Joe's theme has been, I will come after your family. That is Joe's theme. And what has Miz's career been about for the last six months? His wife, his kid, and the second kid that's on the way. If that's not a perfect setup, I don't know what is. And his wife is a, is a wrestler. She knows the business. It's not like she won't sign off on anything. Joe won't cross any unnecessary lines on what he says that's not okayed. Of course you do this now. I think it's a, it's a good call. Rey Mysterio got hurt. He had to relinquish the title. It's the first time I've seen someone give a title directly to someone since Booker T gave the U.S. title to Chris Canyon in WCW. But normally you just vacate the title and then somebody else has to win it somehow. But the direct handoff, I have not seen much of. So I just, I, I think right now, just I, as futile as this seems sometimes i am on the team of do not totally quit on the main roster don't don't totally quit on it i'm not saying you got to watch it religiously if you if you don't want to watch it you don't want to watch it i can't control what you do with your tv remote but don't it's not if the talent really is that good then take the approach of maybe the talent will make this writing work even if it's not 100 percent, it ain't gotta be perfect it normally never is just, just keep, bear that in mind. Keep that in mind. All right. Before I step away, one more time. Pro-Am belts make good stuff. They get it done in record time. We have an awesome belt. Check it out on the Turnbuckle Topics Twitter. They made a custom one for us. Use our promo code TBT15OFF. That's TBT15OFF for 15% off of your very own custom belt. Unfortunately, I got to shut my phone lines down on you guys. Thank you for Wes who called in. They're going to be open every week from now on. So, when we come back, we will discuss the show in Saudi Arabia. The good, the not so good, and the oh so ugly. Stick around. It's going to be fun. 
Theana got some really bad news from the IRS. They said you owe quite a bit of money. She didn't have that kind of money. I was in a state of despair. And when she called, all she got were threats. Garnishing my wages, taking my house, taking my car. I didn't know if I was going to make it. Thankfully, Deanna found out about Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm. A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, they've resolved over a half billion dollars for their clients. Optima went right to work for Deanna. Optima Tax negotiated everything. I did not have to worry. They talked to the IRS. Needless to say, she was relieved. Optima Tax saved my life. Do what Deanna did. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Baltimore's only radio station that covers national sports 24-7, 365 days a year. Baltimore CBS Sports Radio 1300. People are always talking about the stock market. Always looking to invest in a good opportunity. Something with the potential to grow. So what if you could invest in the future? The future of kids. Like a stock. Not the kind of stock where you invest to make money, but a stock for a social change. A whole new kind of investment called Better Futures. When you invest, it helps students like me go to college, which ends up making the future better for everybody. I could be the first college graduate in my family, the first district attorney from my neighborhood. And if I'm the first, then maybe there will be a second and a third. This can really be the start of something. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. A public service announcement brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. Every day... I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is Top of the Monday night from 6 to 7 on CBS Sports Radio 1300. Now, give it up for the enforcer, Kill Kuda Jr. Welcome back to Top of the Rope. We're going to talk about the super showdown in Saudi Arabia in Jeddah, the sports city. Now let me get this thing. Uh, let me get these things out of the way. I did watch it as it was happening. I did not avoid it. Now that doesn't make me better or you than or worse than you. I just decided to watch the thing, and it was not a total failure of a show. It wasn't. It wasn't. I, I think people were mischaracterizing it. It was not a total failure as a show at all. So I'm going to start from the beginning here and work my way up. First, well, okay, uh, I'll work my way up from level of importance. I'll say that I'm not going to go in order here, but. The Lucha House Party had a three-on-one match against Lars Sullivan that ended in a disqualification. It wasn't really a match. It was just kind of a discombobulated beatdown between four guys. It, no, we got to end this thing. It's not working anymore. Apparently tonight on Raw, they're supposed to do this again, but it's an elimination-style match. I Just, no, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it at all. I don't. It, it's just not... Lars Sullivan's never going to dig himself out of the bad PR hole that he got himself into. And Lucha House Party could be doing better things. Keep them on 205 Live. It's very good for them to be there. 
let them do some more singles wrestling. Lince Dorado could really shine. Kalisto has been a multiple-time cruiserweight champion. We've seen what he can do. Grand Metalik is one of the most unsung heroes on 205 Live. I think it was a couple months ago, him and Buddy Murphy had an absolute banger of a match, and nobody heard about it because it was on 205 Live. 205 Live is some of the better wrestling I've seen. They let everybody go 20 minutes. They let them tell a story. They let them do their best. If you're not watching 205 Live, start. It's immediately after SmackDown, 10 p.m. on the network if you got it. I'm, I'm just saying. But no, that, that match was terrible. Lucha, it wasn't even a match, so I'm going to give it a 2 out of 10. I forget that. Then we had the 50-man Battle Royal. And by the way, this was not done Royal Rumble style. Royal Rumble style is when two guys start in the ring and then they come out like every two minutes. No, this was a Battle Royal. 50 guys in the ring at the start. Absolute mayhem. Otis Dozovich had himself a mo- had himself a moment, which was awesome. I'm always up for anything pro Otis Dozovich. That dude is fantastic. Why he hasn't been the 24-7 champion at least once now, I don't know. And why Heavy Machinery haven't been in for a real tag team title shot on either show, although they're SmackDown guys. So on SmackDown, I don't know. But they should be. They should be up for one. All right? I don't mind who the champs are on SmackDown right now, but all right. All right. Then, and by the way, the 50-man battle royal was won by a young man named Mansoor, who is the first Saudi NXT prospect. Or I'm sorry, not the first, but he's he's the headliner. He's the one who's come out the best. So the Saudi guy won the match in Saudi Arabia. It was a really cool moment. He cut a nice little promo at the end of it. Threw some Arabic in there for good measure. He's got a good look. Can wrestle his rear end off. He's looked good in NXT. I, I like him a lot. I think he'll go far. Give him time, though. That's all. That was just Gangs of New York I just did. I think his show's Dash. Give the boy some time. We'll settle with a good dust-up. That's, that's, Mansour, that's Mansoor right now. Give the boy some time. He'll be fine. Then Triple H and Randy Orton faced off again, and this was an awesome, classic, slow burner of a match. These two just went 15 years back in time and said, let's just have fun with this. It was 100 degrees in that arena. It was very obvious. There was one point where Randy tried to grapple Triple H, and he kind of couldn't get him, and then he fell to the other side of the ring, and he looked at the ref, and he went, he's slippery. (laughs) Because it was 100 degrees. Or it felt like it was 100 degrees in Saudi Arabia. And the cool part is Randy Orton went over. And that to me just shows how how awesome Triple H is. Triple H said, no, Randy's got to go over. He's still actively wrestling. If I win, that doesn't do anything for anybody. Also, I do think it was a little bit of a passing of the torch moment. Just a little bit. And during the match on commentary, Tom Phillips mentioned that Ric Flair talked about both of them. And Rick said, Randy is going to beat my 16-time title reign. Ooh. Now, I know Ric Flair doesn't book, but uh, if you don't think he's listened to by wrestling authorities, uh, now, I don't know if that uh, doesn't guarantee anything. I'm just saying. But yeah, Randy went over on Triple H. They had a great match. Great old school Slow burn type match. Then Roman Reigns faced Shane McMahon, and Shane McMahon won! Now granted, he got a huge assist from a giant Scottish guy at ringside. But still. Yes, the ref was distracted, and Drew McIntyre hopped in the ring and took Roman's head off with a claymore, and Shane got the win that way. So tonight there will be a celebration of their victory, Drew and Shane. And just so you guys know, A lot of you are tired of Shane on your television. This is how you build a heel. But Shane's been a top-class heel for 20 years. They're just keeping it going. I'm just saying. So Shane goes over on Roman. Then Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley had a pretty good match for themselves. I got to say, for two 270-plus pounders, in Braun's case, 385, going for, what was it, 10, 12 minutes and 100-degree Saudi heat? Dude, they did very well for themselves. Two big guys, athletic moments, a lot of test of strength type stuff. The Saudi crowd really appreciated it. They love the strongman gimmick there. 
and Braun went over because it was a good call. Braun's over everywhere. Braun's Braun's very over with the regular crowd. Then we had the Intercontinental Championship where Finn Balor as the Demon faced Andrade. And I was really hoping that Andrade went over. Uh, That just would have been cool, but he didn't. And Balor defended his title. Finn Balor was the Demon. He had a very cool Demon-esque entrance. Andrade had a great showing. I those two had an awesome match. It really it was an eight out of ten match. Those two did very well for themselves. Keep it up. Let them wrestle again. Then the it started the show. But remember, I'm going in order of importance here. Seth Rollins faced Baron Corbin for the Universal Title. Now Baron Corbin was even a big time heel in Saudi Arabia. Even the Arabians can't stand him. Now, the way the match went, it was a good match. Corbin will have a good match with it. Corbin is by no means a slouch talent, and Rollins always brings the best. But Corbin kept giving referee John Cone a hard time. Finally, John Cone couldn't take it anymore, and he went back to Corbin and said, who do you think you are? I'm the ref, and that's when Seth rolled up Corbin and got the win. So don't mess with John Cone. He, uh, he won't take it from you, as long as you think. And then after Seth won... Corbin hit him with an end of days, Seth with an end of days, and then Brock Lesnar came down with a chair, and then Paul Heyman, on his way to cash in the Money in the Bank contract, he slipped on his way in the ring, and that distraction let Seth hit Lesnar with a low blow, and then he proceeded to destroy Lesnar with a chair, and then he finished it by stomping him on the Money in the Bank briefcase. So every base was covered. Brock did not cash in. He was not unsuccessful because he didn't cash in. Seth looked like a million dollars. And they can keep this going, and there's something viable to look on. I think it went went very well. It was a good segment after a match. And Seth and Corbin had a really good match for themselves, too. Then Kofi Kingston faced Dolph Ziggler. They had had a good match for themselves. That was very good. Dolph Dolph is always great. Uh, Kofi is really, every, every match he reproves to me why he's a good enough wrestler to be WWE champion. He really is a good enough wrestler to do that. I think he's got all the tools. I, I really do think he's worthy of it. Uh, not that many people have said he's not, but I really do think he's worthy of it. And I like the idea of potentially having the summer of Kofi, as my fellow silver tongue devil, Chris Pinero from Bearded Impact would say. Uh, and I think it would work. So Kofi goes over on Ziggler. Good match. Seven out of 10 match. Good match. Then we come... To the 400-year-old elephant in the room, Undertaker versus Goldberg. Now, granted, the combined age of the participants in this match was about 111. So, I don't think Goldberg was out of shape. I know the Undertaker wasn't. Undertaker actually looked pretty dang good. The problem is, very early in the match, Goldberg rammed himself into the turnbuckle hard and we believe he kind of knocked himself out now when that happened after a little while the undertaker set up a tombstone pile driver goldberg couldn't couldn't do it and they both just kind of fell over now the match was not clean before that to begin with so the undertaker just gave goldberg the worst choke slam in the history of choke slams and pinned him for a victory. Like, let's get out of here. And there was even a shot of the undertaker after the match was over. And the look on his face was just, Oh man, that was rough. But I want to give you my opinion on what I think that face was referring to that expression. I don't think it was a, why did I agree to do this? I don't think that was it. I think it was, the man knocked himself out halfway through the match. And for some reason, we kept wrestling. I think that is what he was mad about. He was just, man, we should have just stopped this thing. He, he couldn't go anymore. I think that's what it was about. Matt Riddle took to Twitter and criticized Goldberg's knee bar uh, very heavily. I don't know if you saw it, but Matt just went, nice, bro. Nice knee bar, bro. And it was one of the worst rolling knee bars I've ever seen. It just what the match just looked bad. But I think it's because Goldberg was only half conscious the whole time. I mean, it was terrible. Now, I don't know how good it could have been. It probably was only going to be 10 or 12 minutes or something at the most, even if he was okay the whole time. 
And then Goldberg tweets and says, I'm sorry. I hope you're happy. No, no. You see, here, here's the thing about an apologetic tweet after something like that when there's an unfortunate accident in the match and it just goes terribly wrong. Here's the thing about that, right? And I'm, and I'm curious about this. Um, I'm, I'm looking for a nod or shake of the head for my producer as well. I'm curious about your opinion on this. If you have something that bad go down and then you put on an apology tweet, if it ends with, I hope you're happy, does that, I'm not going to say negate it, but it takes a whole, like if you just say, I'm sorry, and then stop talking, it's like, all right, it went bad. But saying, I hope you're happy just gives everyone the opportunity to go, no, no, we're not. And I just, I think, yeah, I'm getting a nod on that. Yes. You don't have to say, I hope you're happy. Just say, I'm sorry. It went bad. It's almost like a fake apology in a way. Yeah. You know, just yeah. say, I'm sorry. It went bad. I'm like not- someone can say, sorry, but like you said, they just leave, leave it at that. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't exactly. add on to it. You know, just leave it at that. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, you don't need to do that. I'm sorry. I knocked myself out. Could have been better. Yep. All right. We got it. We know you're like 52. Like, okay. The thing is, Taker's like, at this point, he's not in his 50s anymore. You can say he's pushing 60. And the man looked incredible. He, he, was, he was ready to go 25 minutes. I don't think they were going to. But he was ready to. Mm. Now, remember, it's a 10-year deal for the Saudis. This was the second show. Expect at least eight more. Unless the deal changes. Once a year. They're going to go back to Jeddah. Make it happen. But yes, overall, the show was a 6 out of 10 show. Because there were some good matches here. It's just the ones that weren't good just compounded it so bad. It was cool to see Mansoor get the hometown win. Balor and Andrade did very well for themselves. Kingston and Ziggler did very well for themselves. Uh, the 50-man battle royal, like I said, not just that he won, but it, it, it was a lot more organized than I thought it would be. Triple H and Randy Orton did awesome. Reigns and McMahon had a pretty good match. Uh, the, the surprising result was a nice touch, but they had a pretty good match. Strowman and Lashley did very well for themselves, especially considering two gigantic guys in 100-degree heat. Uh, the Lucha House Party and Lars Sullivan was completely unnecessary, uh, and Taker and Undertaker was rough. And then during the pre-show, the, revivals faced, the, the Revival faced the Usos, and they had an awesome match with each other, and that was on the pre-show. No titles changed hands, as has become the custom at this show. Here, you know when a title's going to change hands in Saudi Arabia? When Mansoor wins one. That's going to be it. When Mansoor wins one, a title will change hands. How cool would that be, right? Like, let's say Mansoor climbs up the ladder quick enough, and then the North American title is on the line, and like, it's not Velveteen Dream or who has it, but you know somebody's got it, and Mansoor challenges him for it at it, and it might even main event the show, and then Mansoor wins. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Super Showdown. Uh, the last one in Australia, when Buddy Murphy faced Cedric Alexander, and Buddy Murphy was in his hometown of Melbourne, Australia, while, while it was going on. Oh, yeah, man. They went nuts for Buddy. And it didn't main event. Yeah, it really shouldn't have main evented. But it didn't main event. Great match, though. I, th- that just excited me. I'm looking forward to that now. I'm looking forward to next year, maybe the year after, Mansoor going for a title in his home country. That'll be a cool moment. That'll, that'll be very cool to see. I, I got to say. So, my closing thoughts are about the possibilities of Raw this evening. Uh, Seth is probably going to respond to Lesnar. We're going to get ourselves a Firefly Funhouse. Will we get another Alistair Black promo? Because it seems like he might be talking to Bray Wyatt. So if the first feud for Alistair is Bray Wyatt's first feud back, man, am I curious and excited. Shane, uh, Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre are going to celebrate Shane's victory in Saudi Arabia. Becky might keep going after Lacey Evans. Samoa Joe is on Miz TV, possible feud. Hawkins and Ryder defend their titles against the Revival and the Usos. The Lucha House Party are facing, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'm not even going to finish it. And of course, R-Truth will have his 24-7 shenanigans. Uh, I think you got something to look at here. You do. You do. I think you got something to look at here. I also think by the end of the night, to go outside of wrestling for the a couple seconds, you're, you're, you're probably going to see an NBA champion this evening, I think. I think so. So Go Toronto. Yes. I think the Raptors. Very much. The Raptors. Ra- the Raptors finish it off. 
we will have an Eastern champion. All right. Well, guys, that is it for me. I got to get out of here. I'll see you next week where we'll continue to update things. And you'll have a chance to call in again. Don't worry. Follow all our turnbuckle topics, peeps. Please check out Pro-Am Belts. All right, that's it for me. I'm out of here. When is the best time to upgrade your AC system? At Carroll Home Services, the time is right now. Take advantage of instant rebates up to $1,200. And when you mention CBS Sports Radio, you'll get a free air cleaner with the new install. Count on Carol for reliable, professional service with trained experts second to none. When June is over, these deals are over. So call Carol today, 410-235-9911, or visit carolhomeservices.com. The preceding was a paid program, and the views expressed on this show do not represent the views of WJZ AM, Intercom Communications, its sponsors, or affiliates. CBS Sports Radio 1300 is WJZ AM Baltimore, WJZ FM HD3, Cajunsville, Baltimore. Your home for Maryland Terrapin Sports and live sports talk around the clock.